0: Welcome to Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow. We are now about 60 days out, just two months from the Winter Olympics in Beijing. And China says the worldwide spread of the Omicron COVID-19 variant is a concern for organizers of the upcoming Olympics, but it remains confident the games will be held on schedule come February. A foreign ministry spokesperson this week said Omicron would, quote, certainly bring some challenges in terms of prevention and control, but did point to China's experience in controlling widespread infection since the pandemic. Pandemic began in Wuhan back in 2019. The world continues to seek answers as to the whereabouts and condition of Chinese tennis player Peng Shuai, who disappeared not long after accusing a Chinese government official of sexual assault. She since appeared in public, but a statement by the European Union on the appearance says, quote, it does not ease concerns about her safety and freedom, end quote. The EU is demanding the Chinese government provide verifiable proof of the tennis star's safety. Well, being and whereabouts, and is urging a fair and transparent investigation into her allegations of assault. To date, there have been no formal protests by any nations related to the upcoming games in Beijing. However, last week, President Biden said the U.S. was considering a diplomatic protest. He did not elaborate. This week, the World Professional Tennis Tour announced it is suspending all tournaments in China and Hong Kong over concerns about Shuai. Also this week, a judge in Brazil sentenced former head of the Brazilian Olympic Committee Carlos Arthur Newsman to 30 years and 11 months in jail for allegedly buying votes from the International Olympic Committee to secure a bid for Rio de Janeiro to host the 2016 Olympic Games. The 79-year-old was found guilty of corruption, criminal organization, money laundering, and tax evasion. He's added to a growing list of people convicted for bribery related to those Olympic Games. The news reopens old wounds for John Murray, who was the chief bid officer for the Chicago 20- 2016 olympic bid chicago of course lost that bid to
1: rio we started the planning for the for the bid in um early 2006 very quietly with with the mayor's office and one of the first things we did was do an assessment to see if chicago could win Mm -hmm. and one of the one of the biggest obstacles was whether or not rio was in the in the race and they had just finished a 2012 race with new york uh, and rio had been kicked out um, in the technical phase. There's two phases of the bid, not to get too deep into it. But they've been kicked out in the technical phase because they were, they were just not ready infrastructure-wise. And they hadn't done anything to improve that, so we were confident that they would be kicked out again during that applicant city phase. Um, in June of 2008, halfway through the bid process, the, um, the technical scores came back, and Rio was once again below the bar uh, in technical scores, and the executive committee of the IOC said, well, we're going to let them go anyways. And go forward into the into the candidates that he faced. And that was a blow to us because we started to see the writing on the wall that there was someone, you know, was a thumb on the scale mm-hmm. from an IOC perspective uh, favoring Rio. We still thought we'd have a chance and we didn't realize how how corrupt it was. But we started to have suspicions.
0: He says as they got closer to the announcement of the 2016 games back in 2009, they were hearing more rumors of corruption, but they couldn't do anything about it. In this week's Athlete Spotlight, we talk with a Chicago-area native, figure skater Jason Brown, who's eyeing his second Olympic performance. He made the 2014 team, was the first alternate on the 2018 team. He comes into 2022 with a new attitude on competing and on life. What's different? between jason brown 2022 versus jason brown 2018 whether it's mentally whether it's physically emotionally where are you at as a competitive skater now as opposed to where you were four years ago
2: i mean i'm completely different i think entirely mentally physically emotionally the way i approach things i think as we mature you know not not just in the sport but really i went from 23 now i'm 26 turning 27 this month. Uh, so I'm, you know, you, you just take a lot of the experiences along the way and you're able to apply them and you're able to kind of gain continually gain more perspective. So I think that's something that I've really been able to do in these last four years, really look at what worked, what didn't work, what do I need to, you know, how do I get to that goal? Um, you know, and I think it's 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 all for me. It's about learning and growing and kind of figuring out a new <laughs> path to success, because I think the the one prior d- 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 didn't work.
0: Are there disadvantages, though, to being so aware now, I mean, before you would probably just go out and skate, right? And you wouldn't even think about it. And then you'd go back and realize, oh, I should have done this, this, and this. And now when you hit the ice, you're thinking, okay, I got to do this. I get this. I get like, you know, there, there are more steps you're probably taking now than you were four years ago in your preparation.
2: 100% I think <laughs> with age, I think it's that I, it's, it's kind of that, um, analogy where people talk about like, you need to learn a skill young because then when you're older, you start to like analyze, like how is this possible? Does this make sense? You go through all these thought processes of like how ridiculous something is when you break it down, that when you're younger, you just like throw yourself into whatever, you know, you do without question. Um, So yeah, definitely um, the mind uh, is constantly going. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned in the last four years is just like the importance of mitigation. Like how can I mitigate the, and kind of understand what I need to know, and then push it aside. And how can I do that preparation, where I can feel like, you know, my bases are checked, or I've, you know, checked certain boxes, and then I can really focus on what I need to focus on. And so it is it is more about the older you get, you're able to analyze so much more, and you have that capacity. And it's just really trying to figure out how can I use that to my advantage rather than let it psych me out.
0: You know, in sports, it varies, Uh, you know, beach volleyball players play till they're 40 and that's probably at their prime. Gymnasts are, you know, aged out by the age of 18. I mean, where are you at kind of in the in the spectrum of figure skating, men's figure skating specifically?
2: Yeah, honestly, I I fall somewhere in between. Um, The sport is progressing in such an incredibly fast rate and the the what's expected of us, all the athletes from all the different disciplines, um, has just skyrocketed in the last few years. So I like kind of fall between these two generations where um the technical side of our sport is just taking off. Um where like a you know a generation above it was it wasn't nearly Um, people weren't nearly expected to do as much as they were doing prior to what we are expected of now. So it's interesting because I I'm kind of in that a mix of um, trying to focus on doing what I do well, the best of my ability and really, kind of emphasizing and capitalizing on that while also trying to push myself to try all these new things to keep up with the younger generation coming up so it's a little bit of both but i have to be honest i feel stronger than i ever have i really love the team that i'm around um i guess that's how you should i guess feel going into an olympic year so it's it's also that weird um time where no, I really do feel really strong. I really feel prepared. I'm really excited. So uh, at this moment, I definitely uh, feel like I could even go for another couple of years, but then obviously there are days where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I, <laughs> we're, we're feeling it.
0: <laughs> you, do you feel added pressure in your second cycle here? I mean, your name's been out there quite a bit. You've been on the international stage before. Do you feel like, I, I mean, I, I don't want to you know, bring it up to, to what we saw with Simone Biles. But I, I think that the pressure and a lot of the expectations and hype did get to her at some point. I mean, do you feel that, or are you able to to make that kind of disappear?
2: You know, 100% I feel that I have to say, so I went to the Olympics in 2014 and then for yeah, okay. me, for me, 2018 was kind of where I, the pressure got to be too much and I did crumble under the pressure so I mean I think for me it was almost like I I had this excit just this unbelievable success and excitement surrounding that 2014 I was 19 years old like it was very unexpected very exciting um that kind of catapulted me into the public eye um and into kind of a face of figure skating and then I I you know struggled a bit in the in the kind of those next four years Um, and that's kind of for me where I struggled the most and what you're you're kind of uh, alluded to it hit me in 2018 and I really had a really rocky season Um, I let the pressure get to me it hit me hard um, and I kind of hit my rock bottom and so now it's more I almost you know I while I really Obviously, every time I go out there, I want to be the best athlete I can be. I want to represent my country to the best of my ability. I kind of went through my nightmare and lived through it. And so I'm not as like fearful or stressed out the way that I was leading into 2018.
0: I, I'd i love to know the mental anguish you go through when you're actually competing, because I mean, I I saw, I read, you, you landed a quadruple in international competition for the first time, a couple, couple weeks ago, first, time yeah. or something like that. but then you also said you were disappointed with how you finished. Like I can imagine like a, a baseball player, for example, hits a home run, but then strikes out the next three times, probably still walks away from the day saying, Hey, I had, a, I had an okay day. You land a quadruple still, you know, I, I just want to know, like when you're on the ice and you hit that, do you feed off the energy saying, yes, I hit that point. And does that kind of make everything else seem easier or is it harder after you land and think, okay, now I've got more points that I've got to hit before this thing's over?
2: Yeah, I think in, in figure skating, it's definitely, you have an entire program. So it's not about one element, one moment, like you have to be kind of, Or for me, I get really just hyper focused in the moment, and I don't really let myself truly take a breath or truly take a step back until the music completely stops and I hit that final pose. So, yeah, so for me, you know, I, that was a huge victory at the beginning, but I'm always after, I don't want to say perfection because I know perfection isn't attainable, but I'm always after. To be as perfect as I can be, and going after, you know, in our, in our sport, we are judged um, not only with our technical score. We have these base values for the elements. We also get this, comp- um, these GOE grade of execution marks um, that range from minus five to plus five. That we are really after to get e- garner even more points um, when we are doing our program. So I'm really after getting as many of those plus fives. Um, as i possibly can Uh, and so yeah i think you know there are times where the program is just made of so many different things i think you you know i think you mentioned i think that was a really cool analogy with the the baseball players i think it's like you could have this amazing home run and then get so frustrated that you struck out you know the next round like i think that there's all these um And so I think for me, when I think about the Olympics and what I want to accomplish and, you know, I want to be on the top, the top, top, top of my game. I don't want to make a silly mistake where I do something that I work so hard to accomplish and nail it and then I make a silly error later on in the program. So I think for me, it's just more uh, I'm more after just being as solid and strong as I can be and not slipping up on uh, silly things. Do
0: you think much during your your program? I mean, it, do you just kind of put the veil on and and because when you do make those mistakes, I mean, for most people, it would be crushing, and it would they'd just want to skate off and and be done. You have to keep going So so I guess the question is I mean, a, a lot of athletes talk about flow You know, once you're on the court Once you're on the track Once you're in the pool You just do everything that you're tr- you've trained to do And you're not really thinking You're just letting your body react And letting your body memorize And, and you're mm-hmm. you know, trying to go through that Or do you kind of get heady And you think, okay, I need to do this a little bit more I, I Maybe it's a battle you wage during, during your program Yeah,
2: no, it's it's definitely You know, I think ideally yeah, you want to be in that flow state. You want to be like you just go, 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 good or bad. You're just kind of, I wouldn't say total autopilot, but you're able to just you, you don't think about it, you don't dwell, you move on, good or bad. Um, and that being said, it's it's not how eighty percent, ninety percent, ninety. I would even say ninety five percent of the time, it doesn't go that way. You know, you're you're you are constantly there's your you know. The factors, whether it's you get tripped up by looking at a judge, or you you know something catches your uh, your attention in the audience, or the ice quality you know gets your attention. I mean, there's always something. Are you you picking a hole that someone else just jumped in? I mean, there's always other kind of factors at play. But ideally, you know, all you can do is, and ideally, the goal, at least for me, is just being as kind of focused and in the moment and just like you keep moving through it. And I think, you know, uh, it's not until the music finishes where I really let myself kind of analyze or really reflect on what just occurred because that once the music starts, I am going until the music ends. I will not let myself stop.
0: Are you still tinkering with, with your, with your programs right now? I mean, it is what we're seeing you doing on the ice the grand prix and and wherever you're competing the same thing that we're going to see in in Beijing or you know music
2: wise yeah yeah music wise yes but as far as the programs and the layouts they're ever evolving the choreographers are always changing um, little pieces of them. The coaches were always making certain little adjustments um, to the patterns um, in and out of the elements. So that will always change a bit. Uh, and so I always laugh. No two of my programs you'll ever watch are going to be identical. <laughs> but um, I think that's just the fun of uh, the art form that we, you know, that skating is that we're always mixing it up.
0: The Olympics always have certain sideshows going on, whether it be political uh, safety concerns. I mean, is that something that you stay on top of? Are you following what's going on in China? Are you following what's going on with safety protocols? Or are you I'm just worried about what's going on in the ice. And I can't I can't think about that too much.
2: Yeah, you know, right now it's really kind of the the latter. I'm really focused on the ice. I'm really focused on what I can do to represent the US to my best the best of my ability. You know, I've worked so hard um for this moment so to be as prepared um, as I possibly can for when it arrives when it arrives. Um, you know, there's so many other factors that are not, you know, in my control, so I try not to think too much about that. Um, especially when it's, you know, Every single day you're going in to the rank working so hard um, on these programs to um, get sidetracked. Um, with something that's just ever evolving as well, like always changing, you know, keeping up with whether it's, you know, like you mentioned politics and what's going on. It's a, it's constantly changing. And so um, I just, you know, right now I'm focused on the um, the skating and uh, trying to represent the U.S. the best I possibly can.
0: Do you feel good though, about the safety protocols that have been in place at, at your competitions and what the U.S. OPC's put in place going there that, you know, COVID-wise, that you'll be safe, you'll be fine?
2: I have complete trust um, in them when it comes to COVID and the safety protocols that they have done. Um, At this point, I feel like I've now done about six events in a bubble across the world. Um, And so... I competed numerous times in numerous countries and, you know, every time I felt very safe, uh, very secure, the way that they track us, the way that they test us. Um, So I feel lucky that I've been able to perform and to keep uh, competing and at the same time do it in a way that does feel very safe and manageable. And now it's almost routine. There are a couple extra steps and a little more stress added to the, the schedule. Um, that being said, as far as safety wise, I just I know um, once when we do it, that is not my concern at all. If an event's to go on, I know that I'm safe
0: this this would be a different olympics experience though than you'd be used to
2: yeah you know i definitely i'm i'm so fortunate that i have been to an olympic games and had that experience and i think going back to what we talked about like at the very beginning of our discussion I, i'm trying to, my best to look at it in the most positive way the fact that we do get to compete the fact that the olympics are happening um for me it's you know like what we said as you get older, you know, other factors that are pulling you in different directions, you kind of, you're, you're, you, it's harder to calm your mind and you you start to think a lot more. So it's almost, I'm trying to look at the bubble as a way of just being re- very focused. You know, I, I've trained for the skating portion of the Olympics. And so that's what I'm going to get to do. Um, you're not, you are not side, side, there's not so much pulling you in different directions and the getting you know swept in to um all the other you know excitement surrounding the games you're really focused to do what you came there to do so uh i'm going to be focused on that and uh so i'm I'm looking at it as in the most positive way that i can
0: and you're and you're wearing the uniform i saw you got to uh model the new winter uniforms which looked pretty sweet by the way tell me about that experience
2: Okay, I am telling you, they are incredible. I'm obsessed with what Ralph Lauren has done. From the opening ceremonies, the village wear, the closing ceremonies, like these outfits are incredible. Like I can't speak more highly of them. Uh, it's it's also really cool that they're all made in the U.S. They're all from sustainable fabric. I mean, it's a really... Um, it, and just to be part of that brand and gets to be associated with Ralph Lauren is a dream come true? I have did they reach um, out to
0: you or did you reach out yes, to, yes. so
2: it's so crazy um yes, yeah. And they asked if I would be one of their Olympic athletes this year, and um it didn't take much thought to say yes yeah.
1: <laughs> gotcha.
0: You came out this summer. What was kind of mm-hmm. the, your thought process of, of the timing of all that? Did you want to get that? You, did you want to get that out there before the Olympic cycle began? Was there, was it something that you had been considering for a while?
2: Yeah. So I, um, I think for me, the, I've been so fortunate where I've always had this incredibly supportive family. I've already always had incredible LGBTQ plus role models around me and, and the, they all were so differently they were all so different and also uniquely themselves that i never really felt like i ever had to define myself or figure out who i was and for me i've always been so focused on the sport and on training um and balancing that in school like i never really had time for a, <laughs> a really a relationship in any sort of way um and i think just over time um and through through kind of my 20s i started to realize Uh, and come, I don't even say to come to terms with, but really, really understand that I was gay. And I, I, and it was the same type of thing. I didn't think twice about it when I like, when I kind of came to grips with that, I had talked to my parents about it. Like it was a very norm, uh, very normal. um, I was very fortunate that the process was very normal and felt very natural. And then it was during COVID when we, when the, when we all were really, uh, you know, that first summer where everyone was having such deep conversations and discussing, you know, whether it was political issues, whether it was social issues and, and being open about their experiences. And one of those things was about, um, LGBTQ plus rights and people's experiences, um, coming out and coming to terms with their identity. And I was so shocked by people that I was so close to that I always knew were gay. And I always, you know, thought that it was natural as well. It was so much, it was so difficult for them and the road that they, the road to coming out was so tumultuous in a lot of ways. And and hard for them to come to terms with and I think for me it was the first time that it hit me that it was because of all these people that have come before me like really and that it was it was so natural for me the path was laid I didn't fear my what that would mean for the sport I didn't fear what that would mean around my family and so I I really wanted to say something at at that point but the words weren't coming out the way that i wanted them to and it wasn't formulating right and it wasn't weighing on me so i didn't feel like the need to get it off my chest and then it wasn't until a year later which was this summer that i one night i was like it was during pride month and i wanted to say something again and i wanted to figure out like but i wanted to feel right um and one night i couldn't sleep i like Woke. I like wrote a couple stuff, like wrote like a paragraph or two down, which happened to be the words that I posted. And I like remember just being like, oh, my gosh, like it just came out the way that I wanted it to and the way that I intended it as far as the meaning behind it. And I told my extended family and my closest friends just being like, hey, heads up, I'm posting this. just So like <laughs> it's not something you like see um, online before you hear it from me. And I, like, two days later, I posted it. And the feedback has been? Only positive. I mean, I think what I'm so, and I can't say this enough, and I am so thankful for it, is that I didn't expect anything less. Like, I didn't expect anything. Like, my day before I posted, the day of, the day after, like, it was all the same. Like, I remember uh, a couple, a week later, someone ran into my mom at, like, a grocery store and was like, hey, I just want to say, like, uh like i love jason's post like congratulations i hope he's doing great and my mom was like what did he post like what happened like like not even thinking a week ago like did he post something today like did something happen like because it was so it's so not um it was so normalized in my life what's the state of u.s figure skating right now
0: heading into uh to beijing
2: you know what? It's going to be a really, really, really exciting games for U.S. figure skating. Um, the team event will is like the first event that kicks off um, the Olympics in terms of figure skating, and we have a really, really strong team. Um, we are definitely um, vying for a spot on that podium, um, which is really exciting. And then, as far as each individual event, we have a lot of really just strong, seasoned competitors. Um, we're at that stage like you know, every sport goes through different cycles, but we're at this stage in figure skating at least where everyone is very seasoned and very like this might be everyone's second Olympics or and whether they didn't go to the Olympics last time, the second Olympic cycle. Like it's it's a very mature, very um ready, really ready Olympic uh, Olympic I wanna guess I just say hopeful team <laughs> 'cause they're not it's not announced yet. Um, but no, it's really exciting. The men's event, we have a, we have a couple of like a really, really strong, um, event. I mean, the Grand Prix final is next week and there's three of us going, um, which is huge. There's only six people that qualify. So the fact that there's three men, you have three of the top men in the world, um, from the U.S., which is so, so exciting. Um, the, you know, the ladies event is going to be exciting. Dance, you have two world medalists. Um, going um, and which is going to be amazing. You're in, honestly you're in for a real treat.
0: I, I always find this this part of the season interesting because you're competing against them, but they're also your teammates, yeah. right? I mean, the, the nice thing is you're not actually like, you know, getting it. You're not actually like fighting them or racing them or anything like that. You can cheer from them and, and still hope that your score is a little bit higher. But, you know, I mean, ultimately, and, until, you know, the, the dust settles, uh, you know, you're, you're competing against each other.
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. It really, really is. You are fighting for the same spots. I think what's fortunate about the Olympics, well, I guess you can say fortunate or unfortunate Um, (laughs) when it comes to, to qualify for the event, we have already qualified three men's spots. So, you know, that's exciting that you're not at least you're, you're not, it's not like only one person gets to go, you know, and you're you're fighting for that one spot. So luckily, there are a couple um <laughs> I don't want to call them chances, but a couple opportunities um in that sense. But no, it's what it's a hard part about the sport of figure skating. I think it is. You're competing against each other. And at the same time, you're out there alone. <laughs> it's nice to push each other.
0: So what's what's next for you specifically here? You've got the you've got the finals, and then like when do they name the team? What's kind of the step by step up to Beijing
2: Grand Prix final? I will leave on Sunday, the fifth of December, and then um, it's all next week. I'll probably return the December thirteenth from Japan, and then I leave January sixth for the U.S. Championships, and on the tenth or the ninth, around the ninth. Um, the team will be announced. So, Where can
0: people follow you on your journey? You got uh, you update social media quite a bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me at, at Jason V. Skates on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Of course, we'll continue to follow Jason's quest for gold over the next few weeks. I'm Ryan Burrow, and we'll bring you a new episode of Quest for Gold next week as we march closer and closer to the 2022 Winter Games. We'll see you then.